Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Thriving in Business. And as part of the Inspiring Females in Business, I am excited to introduce this week's guest, Nikki Clark. Nikki is the Chief Exec and Founding Director of the brilliant business UMI. If you've never heard of UMI, they help businesses of all sizes in the UK go further by making it easier and providing them with information, expertise and finance through its own services and partnerships. The very unique thing about UMI is that it's employee-owned. Its incredibly strong values and culture is genuinely just creating a huge positive impact in the business world. Nikki has been awarded an OBE for her services to business and social enterprise and also actively engaged in a range of organisations and services that support and create better opportunities for young people. Her vast experience within business helps UMI to make the incredible difference to thousands of business owners on a daily basis. If, like me, you're interested in hearing how Nikki and her team created such a unique business built on strong values and an incredible culture, then tune in. It's going to be a good one. You're listening to Thriving Business with me, Kirsty Waite, the podcast that unpacks the realities of creating a business you love. It is my mission to help you become more confident, empowered, and intentional about how you create your business allowing you to create fulfillment, freedom, and success from your business, whatever that means to you. Each week, I'll be showing up to help share and inspire you to create a business where you can thrive. So let's dive in. Nikki, hello and welcome. Hi, Kirsty. Thank you so much for joining me to chat all about you and Umi. Oh, you know, I can't wait to do that. I mean, I'll chat forever about Umi, just not me, but you know how much I love that. <laughs> I knew that introduction might make you feel a little bit awkward. <laughs> so whilst Umi's actually obviously UK-wide, it's actually a Northeast business, which obviously is where we're both from. And when I first came across Umi and started to learn about the ethos and the value and the vision, I completely just fell in love with what the business is about because it's so aligned to my values and to my business and to then obviously I got to work with you in a different capacity so it was I just I love the fact that you're coming on here to talk about it and to talk to us about such a unique business especially where we're from and creating something that is completely your own and different so let's go back to the beginning of UMI and Mm -hmm. probably the question on everyone's lips is how come you come up, you created it as an employee-owned structure? Because that is such a unique way to create a business, isn't it? Um, it's yeah. I suppose uh, when we did it, it was really still really quite unusual. So that was back in 2010 when we made the transition to being wholly employee-owned. Um, today, uh, you know, happily actually, it's becoming um, increasingly a business model of choice. Um, and at the outset sometimes, Mm -hmm. but also it's becoming increasingly used as an exit strategy for um, owner-managed businesses that are owned by one or two individuals. So that's really interesting as well. Mm -hmm. But going back to why we did it um, is when we started out in 2007, we were really, really clear that we were a business that was going to make a difference and it was going to do things differently. And that's been uh, a driver uh, throughout our entire existence uh, over the years. Um, so I guess uh, one of one or two of the ways that we wanted to express that difference was the um, emphasis that we placed on uh, the importance of people 
you know, we have in, in our kind of mantra, if you like, you know, we, we talk about the fact that we know businesses are more than just bricks and mortar or numbers on a spreadsheet. They're powered by people. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to live and breathe that and express that in a really practical and material way. Um, so it was it was incredibly important to us in that regard. Um, also, it was important to us because, you know, today it's expressed as the triple bottom line or people, planet and profit. Um, it wasn't then. Uh, mm-hmm. When we set the business up, we expressed that we had three clear success measures. One, which was about our long-term balance sheet health rather than our short-term profitability. Secondly, whether or not we were a workplace where talent could thrive. Um, And thirdly, the impact that we made in the world around us um, as a consequence of the services that we were delivering, but also the way in which we behaved and conducted ourselves as a business. And um, so, you know, being employee-owned was also really, really fundamental to underpinning our ability to achieve those three success measures year after year after year. And as I say, today, that's expressed as a triple bottom line or um, people, planet and profit. And we're certified to B Corp certification standards today as well. We achieved that last September. So that's That's incredible. Why we did it, really. How refreshing, though, that businesses set out with that intention and become very intentional about it. Because I think a lot of the time, the that becomes kind of a second phase in the the launch of a business. So I love the fact that that was your intention from the out. Um, and well, congratulations on the B Corp status because you are you're the only service based provider in the northeast, aren't you? With that status, um, we are. I guess it depends on your definition of service. So there are some, uh, t- you know, there are, there are some emerging businesses, but also the first law firm. Um, to uh, sorry, accountancy practice to secure it was Robson Laidler in in the northeast, um, and then you have a marketing agency called Sale Creative who do some incredible um, purpose driven uh, marketing and brand development work, um, and then you've got businesses like Just Williams, which is a sales mm-hmm. development business who are committed to going through the standards. So I think that the definition is is uh, B Corp pending or something like that. Uh, yeah. They're moving through their certification now. So there's some great service-based people, service-based businesses yeah. who have secured it or are going through it yeah. as well. Brilliant. So going back to the way that you created your framework and set up your business, what challenges came with that? Because like you say, back in 2010, it wasn't really widely known. It wasn't the done thing. So what challenges or hurdles did you overcome with making that decision? Um, so I guess uh, the inevitable getting your stakeholders on board with it. Um, so and by stakeholders, I mean internal stakeholders, the existing board mm-hmm. at the time, the team, but also external stakeholders. You know, we had some, we have some uh, big uh, customers um, and uh, some customers who have quite hard and fast criteria about what you need to do, uh, what you need to look like, um, what your credentials are in order to be able to supply them. So it was really important that we um, understood what the potential impact of this would be on each of those yeah. stakeholder groups, like any good change you know, program. Um, the other thing that we did was we talked to a lot of people uh, who, or as many people as we could, that knew stuff about employee ownership, had perhaps already done it. 
Uh, we even spoke to uh, the um, John Lewis uh, in terms of their partnership structure. Uh, Eager, who um, sold, I think they sold to Carillion back in the day. Um, and we learned a lot in terms of what worked, what didn't work, and where the potential um, hurdles or pitfalls were. Um, so establishing it in a way that provided real clarity about roles, responsibilities, and rights mm -hmm. was really important from the outset. Because mm -hmm. I think that's where it can get quite tricky. If you move to an employee ownership structure and, you know, we, we're over 100 employees, what you don't want is 100 chief executives. It's bad enough yeah. having one, isn't it? But, um, you that's know, what, really true. What, what you don't want is 100 of them, that's for sure, in, in, uh, in one place. So making sure that, the, um, that everybody in our sort of ecosystem understood what it meant to them personally, what their um, rights and responsibilities were within that new structure was really, really important. Had anybody, had any of the founders experienced this kind of structure before or was it completely new to all of you? No, it was completely new. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, we've always, uh, we've always liked to do things that are a little bit unusual and sort of push boundaries. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was completely new. And in that regard, from a point of view of um, leadership style, uh, mm. it's quite different as well. Mm, that's interesting. What's the biggest difference then, do you think? What have you come across? Um, so I think the, the, how you, how I explain, um, the biggest difference is that, you know, as a, as a chief exec, you are, you'll be defined, your success largely is often defined by how good you are at, um, inspiring people, uh, communicating plans well, making sure people are engaged in those and so on and so forth. Um, and, and that's, that's as normal, you know, so being a chief exec of an employee, own business absolutely requires that in spades but in addition to that and quite unusually you're in front of your shareholders every single day um, and yeah. now normally uh, you would be submitting a report to your shareholders on a quarterly or annually basis mm -hmm. and so on and so forth you're not in front of them every day day in day out and equally you you don't you're not in a situation where one minute you'll be talking to them about performance perhaps and their personal contribution to that. And the next minute you might be talking to them about the value you're creating for them as a shareholder. And that's, that's really hard uh, to make sure that somebody can kind of transition in those uh, roles really easily and so on. But you're, you're sort of on parade permanently in quite a different way. And therefore, I would say that more so than in any other leadership role I've had, the need to um, influence through facilitation um, mm. and uh, using techniques like um, storytelling and so on and so forth is much more profound than in other leadership yeah. roles. Because that's interesting, isn't it? Because it's not just your mindset getting around those two distinct roles with, that you play. Like everybody in the business has two distinct roles and it's helping everybody that comes in understands their part they play in that mm -hmm. so that's quite difficult that could be quite difficult couldn't it so and I understand when you say you're on parade every day the natural consequence to that is obviously raising the standards isn't it and raising the bar of how you perform and what you do for the organization so what has been the benefits would you say of creating it this way 
So um, back in the day, uh, it, it, there was a one of the reasons to doing this was to um, provide a catalyst to a cultural shift that we needed to make at the time. So we established in 2007 and we were a, quite an eclectic mix of uh, characteristics as people and backgrounds and experience and so on and so forth because um, because of the, the contracts that we won early doors, we um, there was a lot of chupi took place. So people joined us mm-hmm. from all sorts of different organizations, public sector, private sector, et cetera, and from wildly different cultures. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and approaches to to the the sort of you know world of work and enterprise and so on and um it's fair to say that to be the business we needed to be we needed to have uh, a really strong entrepreneurial um uh ethos to our mm-hmm. culture but we needed to make sure that we were blending that really um, well with the rigor and robustness and good governance that you would get from a larger business, partly because Mm -hmm. of our client group at the time. Now, we did the latter bit really well, you know, the process, the procedure, the governance and so on and so forth, partly because of the characters that joined the business. We did that really well, but we were struggling on the entrepreneurial flair bit and the commercialization. So um, we one of the big benefits in transitioning to employee ownership in the way that we did it, because there's all sorts of different ways in which you can do it, and we're 100% employee-owned at the moment, it's equitable, nobody has any more than anybody else, was immediately it made people feel differently about the organization and how well we were doing from a business development pipeline perspective, how profitable we were or weren't. It created immediately a very different lens to how people as an as a team member looked at the business mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. acted as a real catalyst to some of that commercialization work and that change um, culturally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the big benefits. Um, secondly, uh, I would say um, generally as a team, there's a huge benefit in that. There's mm-hmm. also huge downsides, by the way. It's like everything. You know, <laughs> there's two sides to the coin. There's, yeah. la- there's light and dark to every yeah. single um, value or, or benefit. Um, uh, but for us um, thus far, it's really fostered an incredible sense of team, almost family. Uh, mm-hmm. And I often say to people, because uh, I've I've been in family businesses, it's as close to, to being like a family business as you can be. Mm-hmm. And as I say, that brings good and bad aspects yeah. to it. <laughs> but overall, um, it creates an incredible environment for people to um, work in. Um, yeah. And it's one of the distinguishing pe- features that people talk about when they first join us. Uh, and mm-hmm. also customers will reflect on when they've worked with us for a little while. Um and then I guess thirdly, uh, the benefit is what it says about you to the outside world uh, yeah. and, and ruthlessly and in quite a business-minded way, um, your brand perception and your yeah. competitiveness because mm-hmm. it makes a very clear statement about you and quite mm-hmm. rightly so uh, yeah. to the outside world in terms of why you know it really uh, emphasizes and underpins the reason why we're in business. And it's about more than just making profits for a few people. Yeah. Uh, it's mm-hmm. about much, much more than that. So that's what I would say the benefits are. And I think that really does stand Umi out, out of the crowd, the way that you approach and how the founders, how they've created it and set it up, like I genuinely do. And obviously I just knew Umi from the outside as a company that was 
based me where I'm from, but obviously the more I've got to know you and the business and the team, it's incredibly unique in the way that it, in a, in a amazing way of that it is so people centered and it is driven. Like when you had mentioned about the entrepreneurial thing, um, like I'm, I'm aware that you encourage or permit your staff to have businesses outside of UMI as well, which that to me is just I love that you encourage them and empower them because it makes them a a better, more fulfilled person when they come into the workplace. Where I've come from the work and environment and the working world where that is absolutely 100% not allowed and it's deemed that you aren't committed to your role if you were even to consider that. So I think being really open and transparent really encourages that environment and that culture of the entrepreneurial piece and the commitment and loyalty to the organization because it's some people are allowed to come to work as a whole rather than only half of themselves if that makes sense yeah um, and uh, it's lovely to hear that that's what you're experiencing in practice um the you know you, you have to treat all these things as um with caution as well because mm-hmm. We have to be really careful that, um, you know, one of the thing reasons why uh, UMI thrives is because of the talent within it. And it's important, as it is mm-hmm. for any business, to make sure that you can retain that and um, and indeed grow it. So uh, there are, the you know, the benefits of people having that entrepreneurial kind of mindset, doing their own thing, experimenting outside of the office and bringing those, uh, mm-hmm. those you know, experiences mm-hmm. back into UMI is incredibly valuable but we also need to make sure and balance that and make sure it's not a distraction and I think because we have the maturity in the relationship to do that Mm -hmm. it seems to work Mm -hmm. really really well for both parties Mm -hmm. it's also a lovely uh, retirement strategy for people as well um, which you know I think is is really important for employees employers to think about in in these Mm -hmm. days because you see too many circumstances where uh, folks get to an age where they're wanting to spend their time differently and mm-hmm. it's either, you know, full on or full stop at work. And you see quite a lot how that impacts on mm-hmm. people negatively when they come to a full stop. Yeah. So the ability mm-hmm. to transition into something which is a personal portfolio that you can dictate mm-hmm. when you do or don't do it, I think is a great yeah. retirement strategy for people as well. Yeah. And it's also that creative outlet, isn't it? Because not everybody gets that creative, it uh, scratches the creative itch in their role every day. It kind of gives them an opportunity to, because that's just enough sometimes rather than it being, a, if I want to explore this, I need to leave this position. Whereas you're giving people that opportunity, which I think is really mm-hmm. great. So you have many achievements under your belt, Nikki. Not Can we not stick with Amy? Do we have to do me now? <laughs> you know, I knew you'd feel uncomfortable. Let's talk about your OBE. Oh, crikey. You've, right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we must. <laughs> do you know, Nikki, you are just the most lovely human. I love you so much, but you just don't accept how incredible you are right? And I said at the beginning of this podcast before we came live, I'm going to make you feel really uncomfortable by being really nice to you. Um, so let's talk about your OBE. So you, I know that you sit on lots of other boards, you get involved in social enterprises, you've got lots of other passions, just all about bringing positive change into the world. So ha- let's talk about your OBE. How did, that is such an incredible achievement. So how do you feel about that? 
Um, I mean, naturally, you know, when when uh, somebody offers you uh, something like an OBE, uh, you feel you feel really proud. But it's it is conflicted a little bit with the fact that it's kind of an individual statement and an individual award. Mm. But there are so many people, and I'm not, you know, I'm not being trite about it, kind of dull about this or overly fluffy. But there are so many people that have enabled me to get that it feels therefore unfair that they don't get recognized in it um Mm. so yeah I mean every everything from um uh not just the people that I work with on a day-to-day basis who some of the reasons why I I received the award I couldn't have achieved if it weren't for them because Mm. they uh allow me the flexibility to go off and sit on other boards and so on and so forth Mm. They also help uh, create the space where I can be creative and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. But if it wasn't for my family, in particular my husband, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to put the hours in that I put in. Mm-hmm. So there are yeah. lots of people that um, have uh, really significantly and materially impacted on my ability to secure that. So it feels a little uncomfortable yeah. from that perspective. Yeah. And I understand that because it takes a t- it takes a whole team, doesn't it? Do you know, like when they say it takes a village to raise a child, it mm-hmm. it's the same as raise, for raising a building a business, isn't it? it? Like the founders of businesses and leaders have so much support to help them do that. I, I do understand that. Um, so, what looking at all of your achievements and all the wonderful things that you do in the world, what are you most proud of? Oh gosh. Um... What am I most proud of? Uh, it's difficult because I don't feel like I've finished. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel <laughs> yeah. like I've completed yeah. um, any so of far. it. Let's just, just say yeah. so far. <laughs> um, I think I think at the moment, in terms of what I'm most proud of, is probably uh, there's a couple of things. One, undoubtedly, um, Umi and what we've created in something that is quite different and very special. And it comes with its challenges, its difference and its specialness um, in terms of making sure that its future is rosy and bright. But I'm really, really proud of that. And, uh, you know, it does pull on my heartstrings every single day. And I'm never going to be able to shake that off, I don't think. And then one other particular moment that I was uh, really proud of from uh, is uh, getting involved with the primary school that I originally became involved in from an educational perspective that wasn't in great shape at first mm-hmm. and has gone on now to be, I mean, in, in Ofsted's terms, yes, outstanding, but in all other ways, absolutely extraordinary in terms of the impact that it has on young people, not just within mm-hmm. the school, but in its surrounding communities. So yeah, yeah that, I'm, I'm chuffed about that too. You have the ability to make things really special. Like I agree, I think Umi is a really special place. And like you said about that primary school, what is the driving force for you to have this positive impact and create that incredible change? Um, I think right from an early age, I've just always fiddled on with making things better. You know, it's <laughs> it's it's um I can remember once saying this to somebody, I I can remember back in, you know, when I was a small child and I lived at home, I can remember frustrating the life out of my mum and dad because I'd constantly be reshuffling my bedroom. And it was a tiny, tiny, (laughs) tiny bedroom. Uh, You know, it literally got a single bed in and a wardrobe, I think, and that was about it. But and, And I could have moved out into a different room, but I loved my bedroom. 
I must say that because otherwise my mum particularly is going to get really cross <laughs> if she listens to this because it'll make it sound like I was trapped in a cupboard but, um, uh, and I wasn't trapped in a cupboard I was quite happy in my room but I would I would even shuffle around the furniture in my room to get the maximum kind of you know efficiency <laughs> or best arrangement and uh, and then you know when I went into uh, first job was in banking I was always pursuing how you could improve something, how you could improve, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how quickly we collected the the checks that needed processing from the bank clerks or whatever it was. It's just inherent. I think, you know, we all have things that make us tick. And I just love seeing how you can improve things. Yeah, I love it. And look at all the incredible businesses that you've helped as well by being that by thinking that way. I think that's awesome. So. For the people listening, what is your one parting bit of advice to them? Wow, my one parting bit of advice. That's really hard. Um, I think, and this is probably what's kept me on the straight and narrow or got me through some pretty bleak times, uh, love what you do. Mm. Just literally love what you do. It should be a joy and uh, you should thrive on it. You know, yeah, it's, it's hard and don't get me wrong. You know, there's some nights I'll come on with my head in my hands and think, oh, my <laughs> goodness. But overall, uh, just love what you do. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy to talk to you Nikki as always um so thank you so so much for joining me and thank you everyone that's tuned in to listen to this week's episode and I'll see you next week you have been listening to thriving in business with me Kirsty Waite I hope you enjoyed the show please do hit subscribe or leave a review if you're looking for more help and support to build your amazing business come and join my community the link is below in the show notes And I will see you next week for the next episode of Thriving in Business.